Welcome to Essential Viewing. I'm Christian Cuevas, and on this episode, we'll be discussing X, the new film directed by Ty West, and starring Mia Goth, Scott Meskety, and Owen Campbell. If you'd like to watch along with us, next episode, we'll be discussing Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a great discussion for you today, so let's get right into it. Welcome back to Essential Viewing Live. I'm your host today, Cole Beal, and joined, as always, by Christian Cuevas and Bryce Kramer. And this week, we're going to be discussing the new slasher horror film, X, directed by Ty West, starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, and our boy uh, Kid Cuddy, or Scott Muscuti, um, but before we get into the discussion of X, let's head over to the Essential Viewing Roundtable. You know, as Chris likes to say, where we discuss the films, film, the television, television the media, media <laughs> that we've been consuming this last week. So, uh, Bryce, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, I've had a pretty busy week, so I haven't watched a whole lot. I got in um, one movie. I'm trying to I was trying to watch all the best picture nominees before the Oscars happen. So I'm kind of like rounding out the last couple I haven't seen yet. Um and those two are Coda and Belfast. So I watched um, Coda this past week, which is like an Apple TV movie. Um, it's just like a very like nice, sweet movie. Um, nothing yeah. too special, but like nothing too like bad either. Um, I feel like you guys probably wouldn't like it, but I didn't mind it. Um, <laughs> Coda is like child of death adults, deaf adults. Um, so it's about this girl who's like trying to like, it's, it's, it's kind of like coming of age. It's another one of those coming of age movies where she's like a, a high school senior about to graduate and like she wants to go out to college. But at the same time, like she's like holds a lot of responsibility in the family because she's the only one that can hear. And like her family's a little, they're like, they're like fishers. So like they're not very um, wealthy. So like she kind of always has to step in and kind of do like the translating and interpreting for them. Um, so it's kind of like some family drama there between her wanting to, you know, go to college and pursue her own dreams versus kind of feeling the need to stay back and and take care of her family. Um, but it, it's just kind of like a sweet, nice movie. Um, nothing too crazy going on. Um, there was this one really cool editing thing that happened towards the end, but I don't want to spoil it in case anyone wow. does watch it. Hmm. Um, and I think the one thing that really made this movie stand out was that just all of, like, the deaf actors were super good and... Um, it's just kind of cool seeing them act, which is like a lot more focused on their actual, you know, signing and like facial expressions and whatnot than kind of like obviously like the inflection or, or tone in their voice. Um, and all of the, the deaf cast was like super good in this movie. So I, I like seeing that. Um, Have you seen uh, Sound of Metal? Bryce? I was just going to ask that. Yeah, I was going to I was going to follow this up by saying if you wanted to watch like a coming of age sort of like family drama there's like better versions of those and you wanted to see a movie like about deaf people there's a better one of those which is sound of metal oh, <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. um but yeah it, it's a perfectly perfectly fine movie um i wouldn't like go out of your way to watch it but if you just wanted like a nice time and you had apple tv i'd i'd give it a go um hmm. so yeah nice. that's that's what i watched that, that's it all right chris Wait, you're up you don't have anything to say about belfast I still have to watch Belfast. That's the last oh, one. Okay. That's the, that's oh, the last okay. one I've been holding out on that I didn't really want to watch. Oh, <laughs> I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that'll be in my next my next in my next roundtable, the final one before the Oscars, I think. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, well, Bryce was watching highbrow Oscar-nominated <laughs> cinema. I spent the weekend in kind of a, a movie watching rut. Um, oh man! After after my trip to the theater to see X, I uh, was coerced convinced uh swayed into watching a film by the name of i frankenstein <laughs> oh with um aaron eckhart <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. isn't oh that with daniel radcliffe also what? uh i don't think so <laughs> yeah it's called victor victor frankenstein oh oh yeah i mean i suppose there's probably a lot of these but <laughs> <laughs> i was watching i frankenstein with aaron eckhart which is just oh. this weird like it's like they take Frankenstein, who it's just a it's just Aaron Eckhart with like a fake scar on his face. He's like a he thirst looks, trap kind of, right? Yeah, he looks like a dude with just a scar on his face, and everyone's like, "What is that thing? It's a monster." 
and he's just like a dude in a hoodie, right? The movie starts out in like ancient medieval times type thing, right? And there's all these like there's this big castle with all these like people who are dressed up kind of like elves. And they explain that there's a war between like the demons and the gargoyles and the elf people are the gargoyles. And then the movie shockingly cuts forward like 2000 years into the present day. And now it's like a city, but uh-huh. like the castle is still there and the people in the castle are still dressed the same way as they were in medieval times, what? even though they go outside into the city. So it's very confusing. But anyways, Aaron Eckhart is Frankenstein and he is the the the, the warrior on the front line in this battle between the demons and the gargoyles. Uh, don't ask me to explain why that makes sense because it doesn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyways the very end of the movie is just like it's it's honestly pretty great like the last very end of the movie it's this shot of like aaron eckhart i frankenstein on like a on like a top of a building in the city and you can see like the castle in the background and the camera's like slowly pushing in on him and he's like i slayer of demons i Frankenstein, and then there's this big <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> all right. So that right. moment was it was kind of worth watching it. Just did for the that. title card come up right after that? <laughs> yes, it did. Oh <laughs> man, that's great. So, yeah, it was. It's like that moment at the end of a uh, Fantastic Four, the recent one. <laughs> yeah. I see. Oh man. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good. That time. was your whole roundtable. That's it. That's all I watched. Oh, it's X. <laughs> Oh man! Oh wait, no, that's not true. That's not true. Oh my god, that's not true. Okay, I forgot. I also this was like last night, so that's why I forgot. I watched the first episode of the HBO series um, Watchmen. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, and like you know, I I you know I I read Watchmen like a long time ago. I haven't seen the movie, um, but I was really just. I mean, I've only watched the first episode, but I was blown away. Like, yeah, it's, it's a super awesome. I was like shocked at like what the concept of this show is. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, it's set against like the backdrop of like the Tulsa race massacre, which is honestly an event that just like been totally overlooked in history. Mm-hmm. It's like a pretty extraordinary and like horrific event that happened in this country that like everyone has just kind of collectively chosen to ignore. But this show starts with like a recreation of that. And then it like I'm not you know, I've only watched the first episode, so I'm not exactly sure how everything fits together. But basically, it's like an alternate reality America where. Well, I don't know if I'd call it an alternate reality where like <laughs> hatred and bigotry like run rampant and like like you have like these like white supremacist organizations like on the loose and like the police or, or who are, I presume, the watchmen. Um, again, I've only watched the first episode are kind of combating these these forces. But like the show is just like, again, like super cool concept and just like some really cool moments, even just in the first episode. There's like this really wild like interrogation scene where like. They think this guy is a white supremacist and they like have this interrogation room where they play all these images of like various yep. things that are supposed to like mentally trigger him. And Tim Blake Nelson's there, right? Yeah. And he's got yeah. like this Glass. crazy like chrome mask over his oh, face. Yeah. And yeah, it's that just shows so cool. Awesome. I was blown away. I was like, this is unlike anything I've ever it's seen before. It's like one of like the best shows to like come out yeah. in recent memory, frankly. I, yeah. Like, I, I very want to go back and rewatch it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I very rarely rewatch television shows, and that's one that I have rewatched because it's yeah. like it's so amazing. But I have seen the movie too, and it's like it's okay. There are a bunch of different versions of it, kind of like Blade Runner. But um, right, the thing is, the movie like changes the ending of the book, um, but this this show follows the ending of the book. So you're yeah. better off w- reading the book and then watching the show versus like yeah. I, I was gonna reread the, the book yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, there's you're better actually off doing yeah the book and then the show versus the movie and then the show. Yeah. yeah. There's actually um not to plug another podcast, but I think I can't remember who created the show. It's it, it's escaping it's me right Damian now. Damian Lindelof. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he he has like a podcast where that he did in conjunction with HBO where he just it's like a three three part podcast where he discusses three episodes in each episode of the mm. podcast and oh, it's just like cool. cool hearing him talk about like production of the show and things like that and i've listened to that, that out yeah. that's a damon good damon yeah. Lindelof's like other hbo show the leftovers is like another one of my all-time favorites so this guy just like knows how to make really good tv yeah yeah 
All right. I'm excited to keep watching that one. It looks. looks Yeah. And we're excited to hear, you know, the Watchmen or watching Watchmen with Chris every week. (laughs) Just hear about your your thoughts on the the show. Next next Um, week, he's going to be like, I presume I finished watching Watchmen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I have a a much lengthier roundtable than you guys did this week. I'll I'll try to keep it brief. Um, So. Uh, I, I think I'll start off on the kind of a topic of podcast. I forgot to mention this last week, but Chris plugged um, the the rabbit hole from The New York yeah. Times. Um, I listened to that, I think, probably two weeks ago now. That's a really excellent listen. If um you ha- it came out, I think, like toward the beginning or like midway through 2020. So it's a little it's like a year and a half old at this point, but it's still yeah, it's great. Yeah, very good. Very relevant. Um, the production value is really incredible. And I learned things about recent history that like very recent history within like the last, you know, five, 10 years that I didn't know, um, even though they're like pretty, again, recent and highly publicized events. Um, so highly recommend that each episode's like about 30 minutes long and there are eight episodes so you can get through it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. In terms of film, uh, I watched two movies this week. Um, one of which was 1995's Desperado by Robert Rodriguez. Huh. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie or have seen much Robert I've Rodriguez yeah. fair before. Um, I I have seen a few of Robert Rodriguez's films and I've liked them. They're very like stylish, very like high action. And um, he, I think actually this was his second film after El Mariachi, which was actually the the like prequel or the first installment in this trilogy. Um, and he kind of did a proof of concept with El Mariachi, which is like an entirely Spanish language kind of like action drama that was OK. It had a lot of kind of like student film, you know, college film uh, has like a college film sheen to it. But this film is like really like he got a way bigger budget and was able to like not totally remake it, but made like a super stylish, super slick like action film that. A lot of the gunplay in it reminds me of um, John Wick, Ooh. to be honest. Um, like there are just some like insane scenes where you have Antonio Banderas as uh, El Mariachi running around this like nameless town in Mexico, just like shooting people in bars. And it's pretty amazing. Um, there's some really incredible shots in it. One I, I have to send to you guys right now. There's this like it's and, it's and it has like an amazing opening sequence with um, Steve Buscemi doing this kind of like flash back like narration with like action laid over the top um super fun the story is like kind of whatever and i thought the ending was very rushed and like kind of fizzled out very quickly um which was pretty lame but overall it was like a super fun time and just as like peak like just like fun action cinema um Mm. so I, i i really liked it um and then the other film that i watched was actually a suggestion from bryce it was the 1993 animated Batman film, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, oh, yeah. um, which I had never seen before. And this was essentially like a conclusion to the Batman animated series. Yeah. Right, Bryce? Um, yeah. And it's like it's like just under like feature length. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. So it's almost just like a long episode of the TV show. And it's really good. Like it's rated really well and it deserves it. It's like a children's it's quote unquote children's movie, but it has like very adult themes in it. And it's like pretty dark, but it still is able to like come across as like watchable for almost all ages. Unlike some of the more recent Batman animated films that have had like much more graphic sexual content, which has, I think ultimately done it a disservice. Um, the standout thing from this movie, and I think this is just a continuation of the the Batman animated series from the early 90s, is that there's this really amazing like art deco 1940s style to Gotham and like all the cars and all of the like buildings and, and all this like really interesting architecture that makes Gotham feel unlike anything else we've ever seen when it comes to Batman, um, which I thought was just like super cool. And it made me want to go back and watch like the Batman animated series again. Um, and of course you get Kevin Conroy at voicing Batman and Mark Hamill voicing Joker, which is always a great time. Like those are some of the best, like honestly, some of the best people to portray those characters, I think, which is, which is super fun. So I highly recommend that one. I need to go um, back and watch that again. It's been way too long. Yeah. And it, it's on HBO. So it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to watch. So, um, I think that's it for the round table this week. I will, uh, move over to the synopsis section and I'm really eager to hear 
Chris synopsized oh, the film God. we're discussing this week, which is X. You guys torture me with the synopsis business. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to purge this movie from my memory. because You I can, saw you it, can like, synopsize this in no, like Chris, three sentences. Three sentences, literally. Chris, it, okay. it, this, is, this is the synopsis section, not the bull or bear section. <laughs> All right. Well... <laughs> Okay, so uh, there's like a knockoff Matthew McConaughey guy <laughs> and, and Kid Cuddy and a bunch of like trendy actresses that I've never heard of um, <laughs> go out to um, uh, a ranch whatever type deal in rural Texas. Texas? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they start in Houston and then they drive out. Yeah. So they're going out to middle of nowhere, Texas in this, it was it 1979, I think they said it was. Yes, the, the very clear like date stamp <laughs> that yeah. with the American flag like uh theme yes. over it is pretty great. So 1979 and this cast of characters goes out to rural Texas to record their their porno which the Matthew McConaughey character claims is going to going to put Debbie Does Dallas to shame. Ah, yes. With how great it is. Um, and that was like the end of like clever references that happened in this movie. Anyways, um, <laughs> so basically when they get there, there's this ancient couple, which is quite obviously, you know, young actors in old people makeup yep. um, living on the on the ranch. And, you know, they they are not supposed to know about what these pesky kids are up to recording a pornographic film but inevitably they find out and uh you know chaos ensues there's a whole angle of like the the there's a sort of a dead bedroom situation between the the older couple and the the, the wife is a bit uh how do i put this um frustrated about her her lack of um of intercourse with her her husband who's at least 200 years old so it seems like too high <laughs> of expectations on the guy but Anyways, um, so, you know, basically lots of pent up angst is released in very violent ways upon these um, these these young pornographers uh, mm -hmm. in this in this almost two hour long uh, film called X. That's all I got for synopsis. All right. I think that was that was pretty fair. We can uh, we can get to the meat of the episode now, bull or bear, <laughs> where we start. You know, we get at each other's throats and discuss what we yeah. liked and didn't like about the film. And um, Bryce, I want you to I want you to start out on this considering I think I know how Chris feels. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Um, I think you showed us the showed us the showed us the trailer for this one, and I thought like it looked pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but then like some articles started coming out that like um, they. They what? Sorry. They made a prequel they, at the same they made time. A prequel to this movie while they were making this movie, and like they already had the sequel planned. So it's like they're already <laughs> like putting together like the horror franchise here. So that that brought the um the bear up quite a bit. <laughs> um, but I still tried to go in with kind of a an open mind. Um, but I I thought this was horrible. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Holy! Oh my God! Okay. I thought, I thought this is like not only like the worst movie we've ever watched on the podcast, but like <laughs> the worst movie I've like seen since we started like doing the podcast again. Oh my God! Holy shit! Okay. I, didn't, I didn't like this at all. Oh, I see where the the battle I, lines have and reverted. I it was just like a bad movie, also. In, in, in addition to not liking it, like the whole thing with like the old people being like the scary killer, like didn't work for me like one bit. Like uh -huh. I just laughed whenever they were on the screen. Like there's like a shot earlier on where like the, the the grandma is like in the top window of the house, like watching everyone in the. I'm just like laughing. Like I can't. Something with like old people as the killers in movies like don't work for me at all. Um, wow. So there was okay. that. There was that. But like I never felt like scared like the whole time I was watching this quote unquote horror movie. Um, uh huh. And also like I feel like they thought they were being like super smart with like the themes yeah. and like ideas of the movie. Was like oh like when you get older like you covet youth or like no shit. <laughs> And like they thought they were being super clever. Like there's also the other like um like the filmmaker character who's like, oh, you can make an artistic porn movie. 
And I think he was like trying to say like, oh, you can make like an artistic horror movie, which like you can. But like I feel like they were trying to say like, oh, we're doing that here. And it was just like <laughs> felt very like in your face and like uh-huh. it all just felt so surface level. And it all it all felt like they thought they were being way like cl- more clever than than they were. Um, I got, I got like a couple good laughs out of some parts, but like other than that, I don't I don't recommend this movie at all. Oh man, wow. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> you guys have left me in a. A sticky situation here. <laughs> um, Chris, do you want to just weigh in and tell us oh, yeah. how you agree with I'm, Bryce? I'm right with way? Bryce. This is a horrible movie. I mean, this this was like honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, oh. I, I I was like, like, and look, I was going back to the whole Buller Bear idea. The moment I saw the trailer for this movie, I <laughs> booked myself a room in the hyperbarish chamber because. <laughs> Chris was Look, barren I, before I was. I was bearish as soon as I heard about this movie. I knew it was going to be bad. I can smell a bad movie, and this one stank. All right, and I was right because this was this was a terrible movie, and it was just it, it failed on all levels. Okay, it failed as a horror movie because it wasn't scary. It wasn't even like disturbing. I love how like the end of the movie is like the, literally the last line is them basically bragging about how. D- you know they're like this is one what does he say like when they're when they when they find the 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 tapes like one fucked up horror picture yeah Yeah. and like that's like some like humble brag about how messed up the movie was when it literally wasn't it was literally like by the numbers like b movie netflix slasher like crap everything in the movie was a cliche from other horror movies so it failed as a horror movie it failed as a comedy Cause it really wasn't that funny. And it also failed as like whatever this like clever thumb up its own ass satire (laughs) of something it was trying to do, which it wasn't even clear. But I think like Bryce said, they really, it seemed that they thought they were doing something incredibly clever with this movie, which they weren't. So yeah, this was, this was awful. I mean, I really like, I have the same feeling walking out of this as I felt walking out of like, you know, movies like The Matrix, Resurrections, like, it's like, what, why are we doing this? Like, why can't, like, like, why, what is the point, you know? Um, yeah, really, really, this is not getting the seal of approval, all right? This, this is like two or three weeks in a row was, oh, no, wait, no, Risky Business was last week, never mind. Yeah. Chris and I are lining up way more than we used to. Yeah, the battle uh, lines are being are being redrawn and forged in steel here on Essential Viewing. Oh man, well let me let me try to inject some fun back into the podcast. <laughs> I mean, okay, I I agree with you. Like some this of, crap, Cole? No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I, I I'm starting out by saying I I I agree with some of your points about this film. Um, like I I think that as a like a horror, like there are elements to it that I was like frightened i guess i was more shocked than like scared at any point there's there's one particular scene or like moment that i remember that was just like very unsettling to me and maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit but um like i thought like the it's it's like a it's not like a an amazing film like it's not it doesn't have like merits of like that again great yeah (laughs) filmmaking um but in terms of like going to the theater like i i had a fun time watching it um there there it's like there's some moments um that it it does it did feel like very much like it was going out of its way to like shock the audience and like try in in some way um i agree that the the old people looked a little silly It, it like with their their prosthetics and their their fake you know they weren't real old people um we haven't pointed out that the the kind of lead actress in this film mia goth plays the yeah. old woman pearl um which and i that's didn't, what the the prequel is about they were all so excited to see yeah Did you and see the after credits scene yes i know I was, I, I was like on my way out of the theater then i was like oh the credits are almost over i guess i'll wait and they have a whole ass trailer for the prequel at the end oh really the credits. Yeah. yeah with i didn't with, know that yeah um, looks okay. great I, I will say that i think that them <laughs> spinning off a prequel immediately is like a little suspect to say the least and yeah. also like the, the premise of the prequel sounds like not remotely interesting at all um no. <laughs> and 
so there, there was that. Um, I think there were some pacing issues. Um, I know that like a lot of horror movies, it's kind of like there's fun in games and like introducing the characters. And then eventually, especially in slasher films, they get killed off, you know, more or less one by one. But like once they 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 start killing, it goes very fast and kind of like the movie like progresses through very quickly and ends. Um, I kind of enjoyed like how it was kind of campy and dumb in ways like it felt like it was the most similar to watching like an old slasher horror film from like the 80s that in, in like modern times i think they captured that yes vi- but those movies were good that's the only difference i i mean do you do you think do you think so though like i feel like there's this appeal of movies like friday the 13th and halloween that like they're 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 very nostalgia driven because it's like this kind of messed up film that was like made in the 80s and there's like some cheese and some camp to it and no, I feel like this movie this, captured- this crap cannot compare. Really? Go watch that movie Brain Damage that I mentioned like a few weeks ago. Like this uh-huh. this movie cannot hold a candle to the best of the 80s B horror stuff. It's not even close. Sure. I and and I mean I yeah, I I think that's that's what I I'm hoping we can like discuss here. I just remember I've seen at least one Friday the 13th film and I've seen the first Halloween and to me this felt like it was it was a little more tongue-in-cheek like it was it's it was very intentional in the way it was like kind of it seemed like it was trying to pay homage to those films in this like goofy kind of silly way like there's there's like a dick joke there's a couple dick jokes thrown in it's a movie about porn in a way but like I don't know I I had I, I had like a, a good time watching it. Um, it's definitely not like a standout. I'm not going to go tell people like to run to the theaters and see it. But um, like I thought it was I thought it was a fun time. Um, Wait, so you and, think this is similar to the first Halloween or? No, no, I'm saying I think it, okay. it. I don't think it's similar. I think it's like it was able to kind of like pay an homage to or it was like trying to emulate the feeling of watching one of those movies. But and it's the closest that I can think of to like a modern slasher horror, which I feel like the slasher horror genre is like kind of like hasn't had a lot of movies come out in that in that genre in the last like 10 years or so. I or I can't think of one. I know like that you saw the the most recent Halloween entry, Chris, and I, th- I know you said you, that was not very good. Okay, um, it was a lot better than this. Way more fun than this movie. Yeah, that movie's also like over 10 years old, right? Uh, Halloween Kills was a lot better than this. All right. All right. It's on I, I guess and you, and you didn't like Halloween kills. No, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what am I trying to, what was I, my uh, point cabin here? in the woods. That's from like two, th- I'm saying in the last 10 years, <laughs> cabin in the woods is from like 2009, um, or 2011. Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to, spl- I'm not going to split hairs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thought I We're liked it. splitting I, heads, not hairs. Like, for like, long it, on this what about podcast? like it follows? Yeah, what about it follows? Huh? Sure, sure. I love it follows. I what love about it follows. It, Cole? <laughs> I love I love it follows. That's uh, honestly it follows is like d- near the top in terms of like my favorite horror movies. Um it may even fall on a list of like one of my favorite movies. Um I guess in terms of like a gruesome like no quirky premise just like killers on the loose killing teenagers. I thought that how they focused on there's this trope within slasher horror films of like the young nubile teens that go off and have sex and how they're doomed to be killed. And this this whole film kind of centered around a group of kids or, or teens or 40 year old men going going to, to do this in a way. Um, I don't think they, they like really nailed any of like the thematic elements exceptionally well. Bryce, you brought up the point about like coveting youth and like being envious of, of beauty of young people. And like, I think they didn't, they didn't handle that extremely well. And they kind of, they, it was very like service level and they kind of beat you over the head with it. Um, but I, I thought that there was something or they attempted to address like this um, kind of like conservative religious aspect and how that may fuel, or that seemed to kind of like almost in a way fuel these like two elderly people that are, you know, rushing to kill these these youngins, but like they also didn't. They kind of I mean, fumbled with that as well. They addressed so. it through the most ham-fisted dialogue. There's that one scene yes. ever, where they're like, all chilling in the cabin, like after their first day of shooting porn, and they're like, 
no, it's okay to have sex. And then the one person like takes off her like Jesus, um, her like cross necklace and like yes. the most church mouse ham fisted scene of the year so far. <laughs> Damn. You know, the whole movie is just a big old ham with a fist in it. Oh man. That was probably so you like- on, on the, the film that they the yeah. police recovered from the scene. <laughs> Sorry, you like gonna... this movie, huh, Cole? You no, I, it, huh? I, 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 uh, okay, yeah, I, I liked uh, it. I liked it. I didn't, I'm not, it's not like an amazing movie. I had a fun time watching it. I'm not going to go uh, back and like see it again. Um, you had fun, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of fun now. I, okay, I, I bet. So yeah, do you guys want to just, you know, get the zip ties. Tear, tear into me, grab your pitchforks <laughs> and your torches and, and chase me out of town. Okay, the kills like in this movie, like if you're in it for like the 80s style, like picking off, <laughs> picking them off one by one, like the kills like aren't even like that fun. Or, it was like, so cool. basic. It's it was yeah. the most Dude basic gets stuff. Shot by shotgun. And then it's like the one guy, like he like dies like off screen, like the Matthew McConaughey died. Like he gets like stabbed through like a wall or something. And like you don't even see it happen. Like, well, you see that <laughs> you see the pitchfork time go into his eye and then. The okay, the but... old the old lady comes back in and like pokes him in the butt in this really weird way, which I admit got a chuckle out of me just because it was really stupid. Um, but but I know I, I agree with what you're saying. They start off the kills start off like really disturbing with um the 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 scraggly filmmaker who was played by Owen Campbell, the kid from Super Dark Times, um, which I didn't realize. Wait, until really? I looked at it. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the 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 kid with the goatee and the long hair was the lead in Super Dark Times. Owen Campbell. Oh, um, what? I didn't. Yeah, Whoa. I didn't. Re- I think I didn't realize that until I looked at the cast. But um, wow, he he looks completely different now. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that 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 first kill is like super graphic because she yeah. starts stabbing it, him in the it's neck. All kind okay. Of like downhill from it's there graphic. Yes. But look, it's not like original or like interesting no. or fun. There is or nothing creative about the way that. The people get killed in this movie. It is the most just basic slasher action. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing and there's nothing. Here's the thing. For a movie about people filming a porn who all get killed off, you would think that those two elements would be unified somehow. Like, there'd uh, be some, you know what I'm saying? Some porn and based it, combat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, think about like, like you would think that there'd be some, but it, what this is, is this is. You have there's two movies in here. You have like this. You have about 45 minutes where it's like this, this kids filming a porn movie, and there's like some ham-fisted commentary on ideas of you know sexual liberation and and conservatism and and you know all these sort of things. And then you have a generic slasher movie bolted to the end of it. There's no type of like, cro- like think about a movie like uh, Candyman, like the original Candyman, right? Like. The, the the premise of the movie is so like built into everything that happens, like the action itself, you know what I mean, is an expression of like the ideas of the movie. You know, you have those amazing scenes where, you know, she goes into the projects and she sees Candyman's lair and like, you know, all the baby getting kidnapped and like all this stuff that like the ideas of the movie are woven into the violence that happens. Right. And I think that's mm-hmm. what like really good horror filmmaking is about. But this, you don't, like, you have, the movie is supposedly about, like, this, you know, it's like this depraved porno slasher, but there's no porno in the slashing, and there's no slashing in the porno. It's just two separate things. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it, it, it's it disjointed work. in that way. Yeah, it's like, the, the porn is motivating the slashing, but there's no, like, the, the, there's no creative kills where they literally like beat someone over the head with the camera or so i don't i don't know i'm just spitballing you think that at least go ahead even like the motivation of like the old couple is like a little confusing because like at first like i feel like they try to keep it a mystery like if the the grandma or the grandpa is like the ones doing the killing and then like they you like i feel like at one point it's like revealed like oh the guy is doing the killing because she thought somebody was like sleeping with his wife or something like that like not because he was like upset that they were filming a porn. Like he, he and was then like it turns out, oh, she's that, like, doing the killing because she's sexually frustrated. It's like, wait, then, what like, is it? But then like, yeah, she, yeah. But then like, she was doing the killing, and then like they were both doing the killing. It was just like Together. their motivations were like not very well defined, and like they were trying to like keep it like a surprise or something, and it, it just didn't didn't work at all. 
Yeah. The, the there's also the um there's the reveal one of the the young the young girl the young kind of like I'll use the term prudish kind of religious girl um she is eventually locked in the basement uh, by the old man and then she finds that there's a there's a body basically there's another guy strung up in the basement who I thought was the f- like the scraggly kid that's that what I thought killed. too that's what I thought it was too and and then and then it's, but then you find they find his body later so you're like okay they have another body in the basement oh. so they've they've like done this before but then oh, it's not wait really I thought yeah that was I the guess I guess you're right guy. no because later on the Mia, Mia Goth or or the the lead the lead uh character maxine i think she encounters or finds the body of the scraggly kid um, maybe that's a mystery that we'll discover totally, in the in the prequel totally missed that yeah it's, maybe that so, we'll find out the answer in the prequel huh uh, yeah honestly you're probably right chris um it's real excited for that yeah you guys are, are shining shining a light on the flaws of this film for sure for me um i think um what the hell was i gonna say the yeah the the pushing the pushing uh, Brittany Snow into the swamp with with the alligator that was, was yeah. pretty lame. The, um, the slashing also, part like, of this these movie. People, these are like old ass people. They're like two hundred plus years old. Like how are they like <laughs> pulling all this shit off? Like yeah, I, I think I read a like, pretty like a bit of like suspension of disbelief. Like doesn't work. It doesn't. I don't buy it here. Like you need to like yeah. feel afraid for the characters, right? And it's just like no, like they're like they could just leave. They could like punch like the they could like push them over and like all their bones would break when they hit the ground like it's yeah. it's just like how are how are how are these people scary they are the slashing yeah. in this movie could have been in the slashing part of this movie could have been in any movie like it could have been it, it could have been a like the movie could have been about anything once the slashing started that's mm-hmm. the biggest gripe i have with it it's like the, the there's it's just it's just like copy paste and there's so many cliches like the you know the like bryce mentioned the old lady in the window and like all the little the all these cheap jump scares too like the cheapest <laughs> lowest effort jump scares yeah it's definitely not winning anything in terms of originality because i was thinking like okay i think you guys i'm ju- oh, sorry no go ahead bryce please did you did you get the trailer for like that new a24 movie whatever like man before men, men yes. before. yeah yeah I was more afraid during like that like two minute trailer than I was during this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I I think that um this the jump scare has kind of like, well it, it, I think for right like the right reasons it's kind of fallen out of favor in the last ten years or so. Maybe that's why we don't get horror movies like this. Um, but I agree. Like there's some like a lot. There are no real like. There's some tension. Like there's the scene where Maxine is swimming in the pond and the alligator swimming towards her. Um. I thought the overhead shot or the 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 kind of top down perspective shot on that scene was was cool as you saw the alligator swimming. But um, like there's not a lot in terms of like real inventive horror elements. Like I was thinking again about Hereditary and that how that movie inspires just like a sense of dread in you. And that film is very different. than. Well, this movie also inspired a sense of dread in me. Ah, Yes. (laughs) Another thing with this genre is that like usually like you feel like all right with like a lot of the characters getting killed off. Cause like they're usually like assholes, right. Or like mm-hmm. bad people or like, you're like, ha like I don't care. Like they got killed off in a funny way and it's okay. Cause they were like a jerk earlier in the movie. But like, as far as I remember, like I don't feel like anybody like in the main cast of this was like, I was super like against their characters. You know what I mean? I just I disagree with the uh, the idea of like being okay with them getting killed or rooting for them to get killed, but I think that in like good horror movies, good slash movies, there's a sense of like justice in their their death. It's not it's not that they deserve it, but it's yeah. like yeah, they violated kinda... the killer's rules, and it like logically makes sense that they're gonna get killed. Like if yeah. you watch like Halloween, right? It's like you can tell when a character messes up, and it's like oh shit, now they're gonna die. Yeah, you, you, right? there's like a and reason that, somebody's getting killed yeah. in like the scope of the movie. And there's a sense of just like, or like Candyman, and again, it's a perfect example, right? It's like in Candyman, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, oh no, like they messed up and now they're going to die. And then there's like that suspense. Well, like, you know, they're going to die, but when exactly are they going to die? And then you're like, the suspense is building because you're like waiting for the moment. And then it yeah. like, it happens not quite when you expect it. So that's what makes it so thrilling to watch. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I was this thinking movie about didn't, this, like the, um, 
the archetype of like, oh, the the dumb jock who's like bullying yeah. the nerdy kid, and then, and then sure. he gets killed, and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. Yeah. I didn't I didn't feel anything along those lines in this movie. Like everybody like shooting the porn like seemed like pretty chill, <laughs> nice people. Like they were always like trying to help the old the old couple. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, were, they were like super kind, even like when, you know, she was obviously about to go bad. for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good point, because like the, there should be a sense of like the, the killer, like there's a sense like you can see it from both sides. Right. Like the best of these movies, you can you can see you can empathize with the people's desire to survive. But you can also in a in a way empathize with the killer <laughs> and what they're doing. It kind of like not not saying you agree with it, but like. Do you at kind least of sh- understand like their motivations? Yes, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them like really good. You know what I mean? Like, like the original Halloween. You know, or like, <laughs> like there's 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 something like you can see it from both sides. You know, and with this movie, it's just like I don't, you don't, I don't care about the the people with the filming their movie, the old people. It just seems so f- contrived. It's just like. It's it just not, it just doesn't do anything, you know? Like, have you guys seen Evil Dead? I need to watch that. I, I have. It's been a really, really long time. It's a very similar movie. It's like, you know, you have a bunch of, like, you know, rowdy kids going into the forest. And they, like, find an evil book of spells in the basement of their cabin. And they, of course, mess with the book. And that triggers all the madness to happen. Like, there's a deed that, like that sets off the violence and it feels right. Like it feels natural, even though it's obviously like a fantasy scenario. Right. And this, it just, it just doesn't feel, it just felt like it just didn't, I didn't get that feeling. Like it, it did. It just felt kind of all made up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, well, we'll, I think we'll learn the true motivations once the prequel comes out, Chris, don't worry. Right. Uh, right. Right. Um, yeah, no, I uh, think order my tickets to that. I think you guys are are bringing you know fair points to the table. I I agree with pretty much everything you're saying here, and and, and like drawing comparisons to other films, it felt like, it, and I, I mentioned this a bit earlier when they they're, they're kind of shining this they're like the intensity on um this like sexual I, not deviancy but like sexual freedom in a way or like like and, and like this religious conservatism and like its viewpoint on on like free sex or casual sex. And it felt like the film was trying to kind of examine that um, in a way and like kind of in, in more more ways or more intensely than other horror films do or slasher films do. Um, again, it kind of falls flat. I thought the inclusion at the end, there's a, you know, Maxine gets away. Oh, She's the, yeah, the, yeah. the girl gets away and then the TV's playing. And then the, the there's this pastor that we see, you know, preaching on the TV. And eventually at the end, he reveals that his daughter is Maxine, which like I was kind of like, OK, what does that do it's for like, us? Who like, cares? Like it it's was, kind of it, it was I, I don't know, maybe, not, maybe not as ham fisted, but just like shoehorned in like. Yeah, it doesn't like matter. It didn't, here's a quote unquote twist. <laughs> yeah, just taking any two characters and saying, oh, surprise, they're related to each other. It's like, who cares if they're related to each other? <laughs> like it, it didn't it didn't mean anything to the story. Yeah, it didn't change. That kind of twist is supposed to change the way you viewed the whole story. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this movie I, sucks. I will say, okay, so it, it, you guys have said it sucks. I want to, was there, was there anything that you took away from this that you enjoyed or thought, like, or liked about the, the movie? Anything? No. <laughs> I got, I was thirsty for some lemonade after watching it. Okay. All right. That's something, an inspired thirst, but of the, the, the physical kind, not the psychological kind. This movie had no redeeming qualities, Cole. Oh my God. Okay. It even had, like, a musical number. Like... Oh yeah, that was kind of that was weird. I was gonna leave. Oh, my when legs were. When was the when was the music? There was like number? this guitar, like singing. Scene they, they, it was a cover of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. While it was a cover were, of Fleetwood Mac song, right? In, in the scene when the the one girl says she wants to join the porn, yeah. And, and again, like going back to the topic of like the examination of the issues, like again. Candyman, I just it's a perfect comparison because Candyman does the same thing, but so much better. Candyman is an examination of all these complex ideas of racism and segregation and discrimination. Does anyone ever go monologuing in that movie about those things? No. No. But it it, it gives you a, a pretty damn good examination. This movie is not an examination of anything. It's just a bunch of ham-fisted monologues about the topic, followed by 
a generic Netflix slasher film. And let me remind you that this guy, Ty West, is the director of such critically acclaimed horror classics as VHS and the ABCs of Death, which is like the pad, like the the fodder kind of like padding yeah. for any streaming services like that catalog. <laughs> Cabin like, Fever 2, Spring Fever. Yeah, like... The, the, I think that this movie is a masterclass in bad directing first and foremost because horror is like a genre where it's like pretty much all on the director to like create the suspense, create the tone. And this movie is just a failure of, of directing. This guy should not be... Honestly, the fact that A24 would throw their good name behind this is like shocking to me. Yeah, I was pretty amazed like see, seeing this and thinking like how did A24 get involved? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's the worst A twenty four movie. It's worse than Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, worse no. than Lamb. It's worse than Lamb. Oh. Um. Wow. Uh. I. I will say. Yeah. I, I, I. No. 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 <laughs> I. I. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm contemplating. But anyway. The, yeah. The, the one thing I'm reading about Ty West is just like he's known for his horror films, but they're all like B tier. Like I remember seeing a lot of these on like the, the video rental store shelf as a kid. And I was like, Oh, I would like, I've never heard of that movie. Um, and had no <laughs> interest in ever watching any of them. And it's um, funny because he's a director of bad horror movies. Right. And in this movie, there's like a seemingly like a, it's similar to like a, you guys saw scream. Did you guys see the new scream? I, I did not. I've seen, seen the original, it. but not. Oh, the new okay. One. Well, anyways, like it's it, there's this this whole thread of like kind of mocking the idea of like again, it's taking a so horror right is a genre that's like kind of looked down upon right, and in mm -hmm. recent years you've had many attempts to like sort of elevate it, you know, with movies like Hereditary, The Lighthouse, etc., try to elevate it to the to the same level of respect as like you know more like drama right. So I think like. This movie is making fun of that same idea, but applied to porn, right? You have the character who thinks that he can, like, turn porn into art. And the, the movie kind of makes fun of that. Like, oh, like, and I think in, in a way it's it's trying to make the same point about horror and, like, making fun of the idea that horror movies need to be artistic or elevated, right? Mm -hmm. But it's funny because this is a guy who's never made a good horror movie. So it almost just feels like he's salty. Like he's he's watching movies like 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 you know Midsummer that are getting all this critical acclaim and he's just salty so he's like I'm just gonna like sit over here and like make fun of that because I'm not capable of doing it myself you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Sure, yeah, I think I I understand that. I thought I this was more that. like him saying like Oh, I can do that also. Oh uh, well, he's drunk if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> he's drunk. Damn. I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming that that's not what it was because like he'd have to be. Real delusional to think that's what he did with this movie. Oh man, um, Bryce, do you have any? Okay, any I guess the one thing I liked was um, I did like the very end of the movie. I know we've talked about how we how Chris has definitely talked about how he enjoys like a good title title slam, um, and and I did enjoy like the final sequence when like the cops like find the um, the camera and they're like, "What's on it?" One fucked up horror picture, then the title slam title x slams down i thought that was kind of fun um, i mean it would have been a great ending if that had actually been true well, like, if that was like a great if that was a great movie that would have been like a really fun ending but yeah um, yeah all right so that's I'll, about all i got okay i'll say there was one specific camera shot or camera action i don't know if that's the right word i'm looking for that that like stuck with me from this film and it's when um i think when the scraggly guy first gets in the van and he's trying to drive away and the camera is look is like uh, it's kind of a close up of him. And then it pans to like the windshield. And it, as it's panning, you're like, OK, what's in front of the van? And then you see the old lady like in the corner and you're like, oh, shit, she's there. But then the camera continues and zooms in really close to her face, which I don't know if you guys remember that. I, I don't. It made me laugh. It, it made me laugh, <laughs> yeah. but but it was also just like so odd like i don't think i've ever seen a camera movement like that or, or mm. i maybe have but just like it stood out to me being such a strange way to like focus in on her and i just thought it was such a wild like action for the camera to do yeah um, i need to watch it again i need to watch that movie again i do yeah. remember it but i need to take a closer look at it um what uh, what the, what else was i gonna say i thought that um in terms of like production design it, and i know it's it like 
a lot of films have been set in the 70s. Like, I thought they did a good job capturing that. I think um, even the opening shot is inside of the I think it's inside of the van and it's looking into the looking onto the house. This is um, kind of the flash forward where the the sheriff arrives Um, and the way that it's positioned inside the van is focusing on the house and it's almost like it's shot in a four by three aspect ratio on like yeah i, I noticed that su- super eight or super 16 oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. That i cool. i thought i thought that was cool i think that that it seemed like the film had some texture like that that they like made it feel like it was of the period it wasn't like american hustle or something that is just like all costumes and and cars and but then it's shot with and looks like a digital film obviously this film looks much better because it was made in 2021 but um but that was good. I like the the Bayou Burlesque. <laughs> I thought that was that was a, a great like the, like the the strip club or wherever they're at when, before they uh, get in the get in the van to go on the road trip. They like yeah. like they're getting hyped up to go and then they they exit through the door of the strip club, I think, and it's called the Bayou Burlesque. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool I, how it was in the middle of a giant like oil industrial yeah, complex like I said, um, all the f- cleverness and wit in this movie was front loaded yeah. into the first 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of all I had in terms of redeeming qualities, if you want to call them that. Um, yeah. One thing I have to say, like the, the 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 porno that they were making, like the 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 comedic effect of like juxtaposing between like the 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 kind of shoddily made cheesy porno versus mm-hmm. the actual movie it didn't work because the actual movie felt just as kind of cheesy and ham-fisted as the porno they were making <laughs> so it just felt like we were watching the same thing with different with like a different visual style you know what i mean yeah like there wasn't really that much of a contrast i felt between the porno and the movie itself like and it, it just kind of like and again like the whole porno thing, like, and like, I like since they were filming, it'd have been cool if like the guy was still trying to film. Think about it, like he's trying to make a movie. He could be like, okay, like this is gonna be really good for the movie. Like he should have stayed alive longer and mm-hmm. been still trying to film as all this stuff was happening, right? Yeah. Like I feel like that would have been at least given it some kind of like interesting found, angle. Found footage edition. <laughs> or, well, or I mean. Go ahead. I mean, found footage is like, I know it it had its whole moment like twelve years ago. Like, I I would I wouldn't be have been opposed to having a more of a found footage angle. Like, mm-hmm. the whole idea is that they're recording a movie on on film. Like, that could the camera kind of fun. Like, it just like starts yeah. as like a porn, and then like all of a sudden like they start getting start attacked, getting killed. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane be wild like there'd be so much like suspension of disbelief in watching that but it, like but still i mean it's i don't know that yeah that i think that would have been that sounds way more fun than the movie we just i, I mean I, they didn't do anything clever with the premise at all like yeah that was the thing that really kind of was the most disappointing it's like you have this premise which has potential and you just make a generic slasher movie mm-hmm. with it like they could have done something interesting with the concept of a yeah. porno slasher. Uh, I think what, one thing we haven't discussed yet, and it's probably the not standout scene, but the one that most people will recall is um, toward the end of the film, you know, the old man decides to, to give it, give his, oh, give it God. a shot with his wife <laughs> and, give it a and risk, risk the old ticker. And um, how did you guys get for the brisket? Yeah. How did you guys feel about the, the uh, very graphic elderly, sex scene uh toward the end of the film <laughs> it's gross yeah i mean Again, it was it's just, just like just, it wasn't that much it was just like him like humping on top of her like yeah it's, it's just so under uh, there and it is also so dumb because obvious. the whole movie he's like i can't do it my heart's gonna give out but he's like running around like killing kids like dragging their bodies like across it, the, the house like hanging them up like just carrying and lifting those bodies is like Mm-hmm. way more effort than like having sexes i would i think yeah i, I think i read a pretty I, I thought a pretty clever letterbox review that was like this old couple is talking about like how old they are and how they can't 
uh like they're they can't work their hearts too hard but then they're like running around doing all this crazy yeah, shit it was just another um, dumb thing <laughs> that scene was just so it was so telegraphed it's like of course that's what's gonna happen like again like why isn't something interesting happening like why why can't we somehow like like what if like i don't know what if somehow she like the the wife like somehow pulled some sort of trick and ended up being in the movie somehow like i don't know maybe she could like cut off one of their skins and wear it and like yeah. pretend oh, what, what i don't I know what happened was i thought like there was something crazy going on in the basement like they had some like ritual sacrifice thing that was gonna like take the youth of these people and like rejuvenate the elderly that have like been living here for like hundreds Damn. of years i don't know i thought that's where it was going and it didn't happen but yeah like just do something interesting like it's all just like okay she's hiding under the bed how many horror movies involve a scene where the, the character's hiding under the bed from the bad guys like all of them like yeah. like oh the only difference is they're having sex on top of the bed in a movie about sex which has very little like the movie honestly could have been a pg-13 almost like you take a few nipples out and you take Kid Cuddy's like There's shadow, like shadow dong. So. <laughs> huh? You got to take out all the blood as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. You take out some blood. I mean, it it, it, it just felt kind of tame for what it's supposed to be. Like oh, you would think man. this would be like a boundary pushing movie that's like really dancing on the line of being rated R and rated X. X. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, it was like it was like a soft R. Like seriously, like. You're not even trying to go for X in your movie that's called X, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Underwhelming. Oh. oh man. Well, um okay, yeah, I don't I think let's get some scores going, huh? Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, let, wait, last call. Do you guys have anything for last call? I, I mean, the acting <laughs> the acting Kid Cuddy, eh, he was just comic relief almost. He didn't even have any. He wasn't even a character. It was kind of sad. It was like I feel like Kid Cudi could probably have done. He should have had a more meaningful role. Mm -hmm. um, as far as comic relief goes, like I thought he did a good job. But yeah, you're right. That's that's like all he was. He was doing. basically just comic relief. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was fine as comic relief. Like it's cool because he's Kid Cudi and you know he's got a lot of great music and it turns out he can also act too. So that's that's cool to see. Um, people are talking about like Mia Goth being so incredible in this I, movie. I didn't see it. I don't. Yeah. I don't, One thing I, don't, I gleaned from the Letterbox reviews is like uh, this film is getting rated like very well on Letterbox. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, but it seems like uh, similar to kind of the the fangirl reactions to the Batman for people yeah. like lusting over Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. There seems to be a similar thing happening here with Mia Goth. And Britney Snow, and then the other girl, Jenna. Who, who are Ortega. these people? Like I've never heard of them. Before. I know yeah, they're, I've they're never heard like... of any of these people, and everyone's talking about them as though they're like these superstars. Like I've never, never heard of these people. And, and that's the thing is, I think they they have a they have a following based on like C or B t B or C tier level like television and films. Like the one thing is um that I learned was Britney Snow, the blonde girl who sings the Fleetwood Mac cover. She was um she was in like Pitch Perfect. And so, like, hmm. you know, the fan base that grew up watching that and recognized her from that. She was also in the remake of Prom Night, which is a, a horror movie I distinctly remember seeing in the theater when I was, like, very young. Um, but anyway, that it, it, there seems to be, like, a lot of that appeal is, like, driving the scores for this. Uh, These letterbox people, we're reviewing the movie, not yeah. the attractiveness of the, the actors and actresses. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like... Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Seriously? Yeah. I thought Letterboxd was like this highbrow, like, film it's, reviewing it's turning, social it's, network. It's turning into film Twitter. Yeah, for real. Um, uh, if, if you guys don't mind, I've prepared some 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 puns that I'd like to rattle off quickly before oh, here we, I, we, we, we get into ratings. So so the this film, if you just, like, reskinned it and made it about robots, it becomes Ex Machina. Uh -huh. um, the official <laughs> the official beer sponsor of this film is Dos Equis. Uh -huh. um, the and then you know we had, we know about the the prequel sequel that's coming out Pearl, but there also there has already been a sequel to this film made 
triple X return of Xander Cage. <laughs> um, and I'll leave you with that this evening. Don't forget about the prequel uh, canceled on, on FX after one season. Why the last man? Ah, right. there you go. And Any you had Kyle XY, the TV show, which. Uh, all right. Well, that was that was pretty good. I think we've yeah. exhausted. And World that. War Z. <laughs> um, yeah. So you want to get into ratings? You guys want to want to start it off? <laughs> I think I know where. Well, this why is don't going. you start it off, huh? Okay, why fine. Don't you start um, it off. So, so I. This film, you guys pointed out a lot of, I think, fair points. Um, it is very surface level. It seems to have this approach or like think that it's subverting the genre, which it doesn't do really at all or very well. Um, I think that like as a movie going experience, like I saw this in a theater with a good number of people. Um, it was like shocking and kind of fun to be in that environment with people like, you know, squeamish or, or you know, shouting. Um, for some reason, there was a crowd of of like film goers that were really cheering over our guy Owen Campbell being in the film. So I was like, I don't know if they're <laughs> friends of his or like they just love super they dark love times, super dark times. <laughs> um, but so it was like, a, I thought it was a like it was an enjoyable like experience, like going to the theater and seeing this. But as like a horror film, I think you guys are right. It doesn't have many merits. Um, so I'm going to be assigning this film two stars. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. I don't have much else to say. I feel like I've already kind of railed into it, especially in my Buller Bears section. Um, this is just one of the worst movies I've watched in recent memory. Um, not not many redeeming qualities besides like you know I got a I got a couple laughs out of it. The the final title sequence was cool, but like I wasn't scared. It was extremely ham fisted. Um, it's just one star. Oof. Oh man, two and one, yeah. <sighs> Uh, you know, this movie, again, like I said at the beginning, it failed that everything, no matter how I try to interpret this movie, it still fails. If I interpret it as a comedy, I think it fails. If I interpret it as an, an attempt to recapture the magic of 80s B-horror, it fails miserably. If I interpret it as a genuinely scary horror movie, of course it fails. So there's really, like, I can't tell what the movie was trying to do, but it didn't do anything well. And not only that, I just hated it. Like, I hated it. I, I, <laughs> I just thought it was just poorly made, poorly written, poorly directed. I it's, it's, an, it's a movie, very rarely do I get, like, you know, I just feel like it's a perversion of, like, what cinema is supposed to be. Like, you know, the idea of take, like, I feel like the whole point of movies is to take big ideas and distill them down into images and, and sounds and feelings. And this movie, instead, it just monologues at you for a while and then gives you a by-the-numbers slasher movie. I really didn't like anything about this movie. I was like, I was, it's one of those movies where I was just mad when I left the theater. I was just mad that I, a movie that this bad could exist. So I'm going to complete our little uh, counting game here and give this movie zero stars. <laughs> oh, I mean, officially zero, but on Letterboxd, it's a half, Yeah, right? I have to give it a half on, 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 on Letterboxd. So what's, what's um. that? Zero plus one plus two carry the seven. That's three out of fifteen stars. Oh my god! Is that the lowest all-time score? Ab yeah, absolutely, easily. Yeah. But fifteen wow. is divisible by three, right? So that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> it's a five if you divide fifteen by three. I mean, but that okay? That is <laughs> essential uh, arithmetic. Um, well, there, there you have it, folks. <laughs> X receiving X equals three in this in this instance. Uh, X X uh, X for X. Yeah, like America, it's like America's Got Talent, you know. X the X, X factor. X. Um, yeah. We have we have finished our our calculations. The calculus is complete, and X equals three. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that that was our take on X. The uh, <laughs> apparently really terribly executed <laughs> horror film. Um, just leaving a terrible taste in Bryce and Chris's mouths. Um, for me, it was like I just had something a little bitter. Uh, but anyway, Bryce, it's your pick for next week. So what are we going to be watching? Yeah, I think you guys already know what I'm picking. Um, oh, it's been oh, on man. the docket for a while. I've been I've been teamed up with Chris for a while here, but next week uh, we will be teamed up no longer. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm I'm picking picking a musical for the first oh, time on the no. podcast. 
And it's one that's just released on uh, Disney Plus and HBO recently. Um, it's up for a lot of Oscars this year. So we're going to be watching West Side Story, uh, the 2021 version. Oh, man. Right. That'd be, it'd be great if Chris Wynn just saw like the stage stage player Broadway. <laughs> yeah. production. That would be pretty awesome. I would do Oh man. All right. Well, that's that's well, it for next week. Look forward to some more uh essential fighting next week on the podcast. <laughs> we'll see. Bryce, Maybe we're this, building an alliance. Maybe this will be the film that turns the tide uh for Chris on on his hatred of musicals. Maybe. I mean, um, I, I always thought if it was going to be one, it was going to be this one. So Yeah. We'll see. We will Do you see. think I should watch the OG Bryce? The, I, I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll be watching it? it as well. Oh. Um Oh man! But I know like there's some like some problematic stuff. Like I think there's like a, like a lot of like brown face in that yes. movie. Um, I, I saw some bits of it while um I, after Claire saw this originally, she watched the or watched the 2021 version. She went back and watched the other one, and there's a lot of brown face. Gee. Um. So all right, well West Side Story. Tune in next week for our discussion of the um immense uh you know recreation of the classic it's, a, it's originally a stage play right by um steven spielberg so uh that's it i've been your host for this this week's episode colby Ullen, joined as always by christian cuevas and bryce kramer and thank you for listening <laughs>